This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This episode comes from our YouTube teaching archives. This week, we're talking all about self-sabotaging relationships and pushing love away. So imagine this, you're in a great relationship with an incredible partner and things are going really well. But then all of a sudden, your doubts kick in. You may start nitpicking or criticizing parts of the relationship or your partner or you may want to push them away or withdraw yourself. So what's going on here? Why do we self-sabotage our relationships and our happiness like this? And most importantly, what can we do to break this habit so we can enjoy loving and lasting relationships? Okay, David, so as a relationship therapist, how common is this self-sabotaging behavior? Well, it's very common. It's something you see quite regularly. And so what are, when someone comes to you and they're having difficulties in their relationship, how do you know that some self-sabotaging is going on? What are the signs and symptoms? Well, I would guess the main signs is what we call CCJ, uh, criticizing criticizing the partner, the partner's actions, criticizing themselves, comparing, comparing themselves, thinking that they're not as beautiful as they were, or they're getting fatter, or they're getting thinner, or um, they're looking, they're, they're looking at the partner and seeing that he's not perhaps the full package that they, they thought he was going to be, or he or she was going to be. So being critical, comparing themselves and others, and then being judgmental, being judgmental on themselves and being judgmental about their partner, looking at what the partner is doing and picking up little thoughts and and focusing on, on those thoughts. And they can be really minute thoughts, like not loading the dishwasher or, you know, just just day-to-day thoughts, but they overexpand it and make it even bigger than, than what it is. So we call it in our model CCJ. Criticizing, comparing, or being judgmental. And that can be about their partner or about themselves. Okay, that's interesting. And would you say that this CCJ um, commonly happens right from the beginning of the relationship? Or does it kind of kick in uh, once things are going almost too well? What, what's, or is there a pattern? Well, there is, there is a pattern, and the pattern will normally start with the person doing it to themselves. So it will be something they'll be CCJing really all through their life, right from the time that we call the inner child, straight through school, not being part of the in crowd, not being liked by, by others. They'll use words like, I was rejected. They'll start to say things like the, what we call the three lies. You know the three lies? I'm not good enough. I can't cope. I'm unlovable, unworthy. So what normally happens is that they, the, the CCJing is happening before they go into a relationship. And then as they step into the relationship, 
they misguidedly believe that the relationship is going to solve all of these problems because they believe that the problems are external, outside of them. And then when the relationship doesn't solve the problem, when they get over the honeymoon period, you know, that first three, six months where everything's exciting and new and different and it settles down, then they start to think, oh, well, look, you know, I'm still, I'm still experiencing these red light feelings. It must be the relationship. So it's always looking outside. If I was a bit better, if the relationship was better, if my partner was better, if we lived in a better house, if we had more money, if this, if we had a better car, can be anything and everything, really. Okay, so I, I, what I'm hearing here, David, it's almost like we already have these uh, this CCJ habit and we're doing it on ourselves and then once the honeymoon period is over as you say once the excitement is over and you're in a more stable relationship and the relationship becomes more of the pattern of who you are then you start imposing the same ccj habit on your partner or on the relationship in terms of your expectations and uh, seeking perfection and all, all the stuff we talk about on our other videos. Exactly, because the CCJ is like a paradigm. It's like a model. It's like a filter. And everything is going through uh, through that filter. And I say for the exciting part, when you meet somebody fresh and it's all new and everything's new and you're getting to know them, they're getting to know you, you're doing exciting things, you're cooperating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's all the CCJ kind of goes in the background. It's there and you'll be doing it on yourself. Do I look good? Is he attracted to me? Is he looking at someone else? To, or is she looking at someone else? Is she going to dump me and all that type of stuff? But it won't be so strong. And then as the relationship settles into kind of a pattern, then the CCJ, the CCJ starts to raise his ugly head and it starts to become more powerful in, in your mind. The filter starts to happen much stronger. And so do we know, Do we con are we consciously aware that we are doing this self-sabotaging behavior or not? Yes, I believe that we are aware. <clears throat> the interest, that's a good question because then we're going to what a lot of my clients say, well, it's in my subconscious mind. Oh, I don't understand it. Oh, oh it's so deep. I don't know I'm doing it. Uh, and, and that's what we work on. And it's, a, it's quite a challenging issue to work on to understand that your subconscious mind is around 92, 95% of your actual mind. So most things are in your subconscious mind. And so being in your subconscious mind, that's why I, I don't particularly like the word subconscious because the word sub for a lot of my clients means they can't do anything about it. It's written in stone. It's engraved. It's, you know, it's entrenched. Oh, I hear all these words every day. Oh, I can't, I don't, can't touch it. And so what they believe is that it's there. They know it's there. And then they'll use words. Have you used these words? It's part of my nature. It's what my mum did. I can't help doing it. I've done it before I've realized I've done it. It's a habit, as Alex says. Remember? A habit is a choice set on default. Mm -hmm. And all of these comes down to one of the most important spiritual teachings, self-responsibility. There's no way you can get around not taking responsibility for what you believe. I accept 100% that this belief may have been formed in childhood. You know, I think the ages of six to nine is very relevant, not exact, but very relevant. 
but because it was formed in those times does not mean it's untouchable, does not mean that we can pull it out. And we sometimes have <laughs> to pull it out kicking and screaming, but it's there. And there's no evil, nasty child there. It's just a child locked in. Remember the kernel onto an old belief. Mm. And so, David, I think, I guess what you're saying here is that Although we may desperately want a loving, happy relationship, we may, we may desperately think this partner we have is wonderful. It's almost like this, the inner child belief, these beliefs that we form in childhood are more important. Are we, we're making the choice to operate by them rather than placing importance on the value of having loving and nurturing and cultivating a loving relationship we're operating on that default but as you say it's it's a choice to do that so let's talk about the inner child and what's going on here so this ccj that we've been doing on ourselves and now we're doing in the relationship we may or may not be super consciously aware of it but once we start to take self-responsibility you're saying we must become aware of what we're doing here there's no excuses so how do we begin to understand why our inner child is behaving this way, in this sabotaging way? Okay, so that's when we do the golden thread. When we start from a red light experience and a feeling um, about the relationship, about yourself, about what's happening, about your future, you then do the golden thread question. Why, 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 why? Why do I believe that? Why is that? What, what do I get? I believe this because. You know, we've demonstrated this in many videos. This is what I do with my clients. Extremely challenging to do it on your own, but it can be done on, on your own with practice. And then you'll get down to one of the three lies. I'm not good enough. I can't cope. It's all too much for me. I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. I don't deserve. This is what I heard just yesterday. I don't deserve a good relationship, David. A relationship always goes wrong. And so you'll get down to those three lies. And remember the teaching. When you get down to the three lies, then start the golden thread again. Why do you believe that you're not good enough? Why do you believe you don't deserve a good relationship? So you keep on doing the golden thread, maybe twice, maybe three times. And you want to get to what I call the fountainhead, the core. Where did you learn that from? Because you wasn't born with that belief. Where did that belief come from? And it will normally come from somebody directly saying it to you, someone in authority, parent, teacher, guardian, carer, or what I would think is about 50-50, what you believe they believe by their actions. So they've done something, acted in a way, been angry, been upset, gone through a divorce, and you then make an assumption they only do that because they don't love me. They only do that because they don't care for me. They only do that because I'm not worthy. They must think I'm not worthy. Therefore, I'm not worthy. Nothing can be farther from the truth. You have to go back and interrogate the source, the value that got that. Is this parent? Is this father? Is this mother? Is this teacher? Are they the fountainhead of all knowing? And some of my clients will say, yes, my mother is all-knowing. My mother, my father is next to God. My, when my father says something, I cannot be challenged. Now, come on. 
surely that can't be right because they're just a human being like you, like me. And if your parents now, and like I'm a parent, ask yourself, is everything that you've done to your child absolutely correct? Is everything you've said to them, said to them in the right way? Is everything that you've done and demonstrated to them something that they should build the rest of their life on? And honestly, truthfully, it can't be right because human beings only learn by making mistakes. And that's including being a parent. You will make a mistake from being a parent. Your parents made a mistake. Their parents made a mistake. And as we said on the last video, it's these mistakes that come down on the learnt behaviour. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what you're saying, David, is if we still hold on to one of these original childhood lies, I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable. If we still, within the core of us, within our inner child, believe one of these lies and we don't question it, then that means we are embarking upon and being in relationships holding on to those lies and yeah. they and they are driving how we think about ourselves how we think about our partner how we think about the relationship and so if we choose to operate the relationship based on those lies no matter how much our partner doesn't hold on to the lies no matter how much say our partner may be totally in love with us, keen to progress the relationship, those lies will always form a block in the energy of the relationship. Yes, because as you said, they are the hierarchically more valuable. Mm -hmm. This is what we call the dual belief system. My clients will say to me, of course I want a really loving, successful relationship, marriage. I want to be happy. I want to have a great family unit. And that's not a lie, but there is a more powerful belief. Do you know what that belief is? I want to be emotionally safe. I want to be secure. I do not want to be hurt again. Have you said these words? And this is the belief that is controlling the relationship, because that's what self-sabotage is all about. The, what this video is all about. Self-sabotage is you sabotaging it first before someone else has the chance to do it. Mm. Because why would you do that? Doesn't make sense, does it? It does if you look at it from the inner child. The inner child says, I was badly hurt. You don't understand how bad that pain was. And I do not want to go through that pain again. So I do not want to put myself in a position, here's what I hear, I do not want to be vulnerable to be hurt by this person. Even though this person is displaying a lot of good qualities, you know what, I've, co I've copped onto a couple of other things that she or he is not doing. So I now are uh, projecting ahead negatively and think, this could go down the pan. So let me get myself prepared. Let me now set up a strategy that if it did happen, then I'm prepared. Or if it's going to happen, let me be in control of the breakup. Let me be the instigation. So then I am not hurt so badly. So there is the fundamental misunderstanding. And that's why it goes right back down to the inner child. And I, and I suppose, David, this... This is why sometimes the self-sabotage isn't so much of a problem at the 
beginning of the relationship when everything is kind of light and not so serious. But as soon as things start to get a little bit more serious, uh, maybe your partner wants commitment or you're talking about having children or you're talking about buying a house together or anything, which is a kind of an upscaling of commitment. Often that is when these inner child fears and the need for self-protection and self-preservation click in. Well, that's exactly right. When when the inner child, when that part of your mind that we're just giving a label, you could call it your emotional mind. You could call it the inner child. You could call it fish and chips. It doesn't really matter. It's just a label. The inner child, I believe, is a good label because it acts like a child. So as Alex just explained, if if you're concerned about being emotionally hurt externally you're misunderstanding the lesson which we'll talk about is here in a moment then the inner child flashes up the um, the the red light you could call it fear you can may call it anxiety you may call it vulnerability that's why i don't like using those words because it creates another level of confusion just call it i am now creating a red light about getting a mortgage with you, having children with you, getting married to you, committing to you long-term. Whoa, there's loads of red light feelings there. Now you can just say, okay, so why am I choosing to create a red light? Why? There's the golden thread. And you will see, and Alex said something a few videos ago, it's, it's such a wonderful exp uh, explanation of the golden thread. It's like following the breadcrumbs. You're following the breadcrumbs down. And the breadcrumbs will always take you down to that childhood of what happened there that you haven't resolved. Some people say healed. You haven't healed that trauma. Some people call it, I call it a life lesson. There's a life lesson there, maybe one, two or three life lessons that still need to be resolved. And so if you're watching this at home, either maybe you can recognize some of these things going on for yourself or perhaps even... You can recognize that your partner or past partners have also demonstrated similar behaviors or similar, almost like out of character from one thing, at one point everything was great, but then all of a sudden the attitude changed. Please do comment below and share your experiences with us. But David, I want to now talk about, so we talked about the inner child and, and how the inner child thinks about this how the inner child is wrongly kind of processing what's going on mm -hmm. so how what is the kind of i guess the spiritual teaching here what what's the Taoist perspective on this so this goes right back to the core subject that we that all of our videos touch on because they have to it's the same subject you are the creator of your emotions you are not the victim now i'm sure you as a mature person are sitting there and although that may sound a little bit kind of hard when you think about it you think well of course of course I create all of all of my emotions you know emotions don't float around the room and attach themselves to me emotions don't come down people's eyes emotions aren't like a virus that that, that single me out and come towards me but I would say that even you as the mature person will understand that that part of your mind that we call the inner child still does not understand that. The inner child believes that emotions are created by other people and they have no defense for them. And that's what they've been busily trying to do, misguidedly trying to do the whole, the whole of their life, protect themselves. Mm -hmm. That's when you say, 
I want safety. I want protection. I want to be sure. I want to know what's going to happen in the future. I want to know how this is going to go. I'm not going to commit to you until I know five years, 10 years, 20 years, what's going to happen. This is your inner child speaking, because this is not only unreasonable, it's unobtainable. You don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, five years. You don't know what's going to happen to you or to them. But the child now will start to act like a child and have a squealing piglet stick in their ears and say, well, if it's not the way I want it, we might as well jack this relationship in and we'll go and find a relationship that can guarantee us, mm -hmm. that we are assured, that we know for certain. But the only problem with that plan is you'll never know for certain because we live, here's the spiritual teaching. Alex asked for the spiritual teaching. Here's the Taoist teaching, the I Ching. We live in a universe of change, transformation. We do not know what's going on in the future. Thank goodness. Would you really like to know what's going on next year, 10 years, 20 years? The day you're going to die, how you're going to die? If you're going to have a bad accident, who the loved ones are going to leave you? This is not how we live our lives. But that's what the inner child wants. Why does the inner child want this? because it thinks then it can deal with the emotion. It can avoid, it can sidestep, it can justify, it can play all these tricks. It has all these strategies. I don't like using the word game, but it is like an inner child game to get their own way. And, and their own way is that they're in control. They know what's going to happen. They can prepare what's going to happen. And if they can't prepare, then they'll make it happen. And that's what the self-sabotage is. And then there's just one more thing. As they self-sabotage, as they get this, then becomes familiar, doesn't it? So the inner child knows how this works. So you get a relationship. Again, is this you? Get in a relationship, go past the exciting stage, get comfortable, and then get fed up and look for another relationship, and look for another relationship. And then people say, oh, you don't like commitment. Oh, you don't like this, and you don't like that. No, it's just the pattern. The pattern is familiar. That part of your mind kind of trusts the pattern. It knows how. Mm -hmm. So for the inner child, that's kind of a little bit of certainty. It knows what's going to happen. And so is this when the self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> kicks in? You know, and then this becomes a repeated pattern, as you say. Absolutely. And we call it the carousel of despair. And people will hop, put their head in their hands and say, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this? And I'm just giving you the answer. It sounds so mundane, but for the inner child, it's familiar. Now, a lot of people say it's easier, but it's not easier, is it? Because it causes you so much emotional turmoil and financial disruption. But it's the pattern. It's, it's, the, it's the familiarity. It's like watching those luggage come round on the carousel at the airport. If you don't open the baggage, you put it on the carousel, it'll just come round. Different person, maybe two years, three years, five years later, but exactly the same thing. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this is why when we're doing this, we say every time, if you say things like, I'm unlovable, don't say, well, I'm unlovable because I've had six failed relationships. That's not proof that you're unlovable. 
that's proof that you believe you're unlovable. Go to the fountainhead. Go to why you believe yeah. you're unlovable. So what you're saying is if you if you believe you're unlovable, then you act, you're more likely to act in a self-sabotaging way. Then the relationships are more likely to fail. Absolutely. Then you use that as further evidence that you're unlovable. And that's that then becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy. And then don't don't forget the pendulum. So here's where it does get complicated until you understand the pendulum. So someone who is self-sabotaging can self-sabotage in many, many ways. They can self-sabotage by, as, as Alex said at the beginning, nitpicking, criticising, finding fault, doing all this thing. Or they can swing the other way and start to judge themselves. Oh, look, I'm not as good as the women he's meeting. I'm not as good as the men that she's meeting. Oh, look at the men there. And they turn it on themselves. Mm -hmm. So here's the pendulum. But it's both the same thing. It's just two ends of the pendulum swinging away. And we've got to find the Wu Wei center. And it always centers down on the emotion. Mm -hmm. Can I just explain the most important yeah. emotion? The most important emotion in this self-sabotaging the real crux of this video is the emotion of love. And ask yourself, what is love? When I ask my clients that, most of them will say, well, it's caring for someone, isn't it? And I say, no, no, that's caring for someone. It's being compassionate, isn't it? No, no, that's being compassionate. Well, it's, it's and they'll give me all of these other words to describe love. And if you think about it, love is a feeling, an emotion. It's a description of an emotion. So here's the example. You could love chocolate. You could love your pet dog. You could love your mother. You could love your partner. You could love your children. All different forms of an emotion. And then it falls into the Wu Wei model perfectly. Who is the creator of your emotions? You are. So here's the core of this video. This is the teaching. Because when you're a child, the parenting technique that most of us have experienced is to use love as a commodity, a carrot and a stick. So when you do something, daddy will say, oh, aunt, oh, you're such a beautiful, oh, aren't you wonderful? Look at that beautiful little painting you've done. It's fantastic and you look so pretty. When you don't do something well, I go, well, I'm really disappointed in you. I told you you was a bit lazy. I told you you should brush up a little bit. And so what they're doing there, without realizing it, this is why I'm giving it to you. Here's a spiritual teaching. What they're teaching a sensitive child is that love has to be earned. You have to go. It's like oxygen. <clears throat> you, have, you need this oxygen mask. The problem is someone else has got their finger on the trigger. So you have to please them, don't you, to get this oxygen of love. And then if the parent leaves, or if the parent doesn't do something, or if the parent is, is abusive, or in any way, then the child then is saying, well, I'm not getting now what I need. I need this commodity, this ball of love in my heart. I need it. And then the child does what we call the vow. It must be me. There's something wrong with me. And then for the rest of your life, you're searching for something, for someone else. And that could be, for a lot of my clients, drinking too much, 
eating too much or eating not enough, um, spending too much, having drugs, whatever. You're searching, searching, searching for this commodity of love. And here's the truth. It does not exist because the whole of this is based on that feeling of love only you can create for yourself. And a lot of my clients will say, well, I'm not going to do it. Self-love, isn't that selfish? No, 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 no. This is the spiritual teaching. Here's the Taoist teaching. You are the creator of your emotions. Love is an emotion. Only you can create it. No one else can give it to you. Your partner, your friends can demonstrate that they are experiencing love for you. And you can see that they're, they're creating that feeling for you, but they can't put it in a box of, and give it to you or take it away from you. And so here's the childhood, the inner child mistake, that they believe that love is something that has to be earned. When it doesn't come, then it's their fault. Remember a child, black, white, yes, no, good, bad. It's their fault that they're not getting the love and they blame themselves. Mm. And we've done several videos and I'll put a link to our Love and Relationships playlist so you can watch some of those videos on talking about this idea of love, the Taoist teaching of love and self-love and generating love within yourselves and not having this requirement to get love for other people. But I can see from what you're saying, David, if we have this misunderstanding about what love is, that is going to taint the relationship, that's going to taint how we react to and relate to our partner. And it almost creates a, a manipulation. And in a way, the self-sabotage mm -hmm. is a manipulation because some people can self-sabotage and almost like we've talked about it on other videos, keep setting the bar higher. Yeah keep setting little tests for the partner. And if the partner fails the test, then we can criticize them. But actually, we know nobody can ever meet these standards or tests we're setting. So it's a means of self-sabotage. But it's all to generated from this idea of I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not going to be able to cope. Therefore, my expectation is that someone else has got to support me someone else has got to love me someone else has got to validate me because that's what I learned as a child absolutely that's very well explained and, and 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 as Alex said we've talked in detail about setting the bar standards standards you have to really watch your standards because these standards I'll never lower my standards well you've got to watch what your standards are what are you expecting again we're on expectations we've done mm. a video do you see how all of these things are intertwined and so you always have to go back to the core, to the fountainhead. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? So if you believe you're not good enough, and the answer, the straightforward answer, I believe I'm not good enough because my father told me. Is that good enough reason? Do you believe everything that your father said? When I say that to my clients, they laugh at me and they say, of course I don't believe everything my father said. He had emotional problems of his own. I said, well, what, why do you believe this one then? That's the key. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Always do the golden thread. Go back to the fountainhead, mm. where it started. CCJ, 
Why are you criticizing, comparing, being judgmental? Shall I tell you? Because it was done on you. That's the number one reason. Because you believed or actually experienced your parents, your carers, your teachers criticizing you, comparing you, being judgmental about you. And now you're copying. And I will see it in all of my clients, what they experience as a child, they have now developed and they're doing far worse on themselves. And that CCJ is so powerful that if you fall into that, if you're doing that, ask yourself, what is the benefit here? Mm. Name one benefit of criticizing, compare. Well, here's one I heard just yesterday. Well, you see, David, it's, I have to do that. Okay, why? There's a belief. She, she said, you're right, I do it, and I do it for a reason. Great. What's the reason? Because I'm lazy. <sighs> I said, well, now give me the golden thread on why, on why you're lazy. Found, she found it very difficult, very challenging. She got upset as I was doing it. And you know where, where we ended up? Her mother told her that she was lazy. Mm. So the, the source of all of this comes right down to that one incident. But unless you do the golden thread process that we teach to peel back the layers, you may get to the belief, I'm lazy. But unless you dig down and find that original point in time that the child planted the seed, planted the seed of that belief based on what someone else said to them or what someone else did or didn't do to them, normally a parent you can't begin to do the inner child work no. that we talk about in all of our videos. And I will put a link to our inner child video playlist for you as well, that you can't, you have to teach the child a life lesson that mm -hmm. you, you are not lazy. You are lovable, that you are enough, that you can cope. This is, these are the life lessons that we need to teach the child that you need to teach your child through the inner child reparenting processes. We talk about in lots of our videos so to summarize, David, we're talking about it's a habit, but it's a choice. Yes. This self-sabotaging behavior is a choice. Yes. It's something that started from a misunderstanding in our childhood. Yes, an unresolved life lesson. Yeah. Uh, the child is wanting to protect itself. It wants certainty. It wants known outcomes. And above all else, it's trying to protect itself from emotional feelings that it believes other people or other situations are creating because it doesn't understand that it is creating the emotions. Correct. The two kind of main solutions we've said is, first and foremost, to do the golden thread process, find the original lie, that core belief, that core misunderstanding and when it happened in your childhood and do that reparenting work. And the second great point and teaching really from this video is, Get really clear and authentic on what love actually is. Absolutely. Watch those videos we've done on self-love and, and what love is because so many people have the fundamental misunderstanding about that, which is totally affecting how they think about themselves, their partners and their relationships. Absolutely. And so I hope you've got lots of practical information and insights from this video. Please do comment below if you have. Next week, we are doing a follow-up video to this because it's a kind of really important question that springs from the self-sabotage teaching. 
And that is, how do we know when we are self-sabotaging our relationships in the way that we've talked about today? Or if there is actually a real problem with the relationship or our partner that does authentically need to be addressed. So we're going to be looking at that choice, that difference, and essentially answering the question, how do you know? How do you know what's going on and what is the authentic way forward? So we'll be covering that in next week's video. If this video has helped you, please do share it with someone else who you think would also benefit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.